to episode 68 of the ATM at the Minute Podcast. I hope that was not a voice crack. Did it sound like one? Uh, it sounded like Michael Jackson meets epic voice crack, but I mean, I'm kind of rocking with it. So, All right, that'll work. I'm here with Jackson Silver. I am Peter Mitchell. We are doing a little reunion, uh, reminiscing episode before we get into our AFC South preview. We've officially podcasted for over a full year, so we want to talk about kind of the process that you know we've gone through, how we've gotten better, at least in our eyes, and some other things. But I would hope. Yeah, I would yeah. surely hope we got better. Before we get into it, though, I want to shout out my friend's company, Elevated Gangs. If you are listening to this on Wednesday, well, today is launch day, July 15th. So if you're listening, go to elevatedgains.com. Check these products out. CBD protein bars, 21 grams of protein, 25 milligrams of CBD, and zero grams of added sugar. This is a great product. I am telling you, I've tried it after workouts. I love them. You can get them in chocolate peanut butter or Cinegram. So go check them out. Today is the launch day as you're listening to this. Be one of the first 100 buyers. I'm telling you, be a supporter from day one. You have the opportunity to do so. If you want to learn more, go to Elevated Gains on Instagram or Twitter. Here we go. Elevate your performance with Elevated Gains CBD protein bars. All right, Jackson. It's been a year. How you have, feeling? I don't know how. A little by fast, man. Last podcast when he told me that we were about to hit the old one-year anniversary, I was shocked. I was shocked, but I feel good about it. I mean, in retrospect, I've come a very, very long way. Yeah, I was. I'm still in Lawrence. I guess that's one one area where I haven't gotten better. <laughs> but I was in the basement. That's what you call it. In the basement, uh, little Alabama. I'm not going to say the full address, but recording down there. I'm sure my roommates thought I was a weirdo because I never hung out with them. We were recording like three episodes a week when we got started. I mean, we put a lot of time into the prep for these, at least an hour, up to two hours, probably on most of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we made some strides going from Anchor to... GarageBand and sending each other the files. Now we're on Zencaster, FaceTiming each other. I don't know what took us so long to get to FaceTiming whenever we're recording. Because... We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we, we didn't realize that like talking over each other would be way easier to avoid if we could actually see each other's facial expressions and what we were going for. But I mean, hey, one step at a time. We're here now and I can't imagine things we'll be doing a year from now and We'll be looking back saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we were still doing that one year in. But it's the beauty of it. You live and learn and you get better as you go. Yeah, my international business class, we learned that like 80 to 90% of communication is body language. So if you're going to start a podcast, make sure you are in the same room or you can see who you're talking to. Pro tip. Yep. 100%. And I would even say if you're bringing a guest on, get them on FaceTime too, because that definitely yeah. helps from past experience we've learned. Especially if there's, if it's you, your friend, and another. I guess three or more. Yeah. Like visual communication is so important. Major key. Major key. 100%. Yes. Well, I wanted to go through a couple of like my favorite moments and then best and worst takes. So, yeah, let's do it. 
Okay, so what what would your number one moment be? Uh, my number one moment, and this is probably like my craziest moment, it all kind of gets lumped together because it was around the time we started. But I mean, really for me, like the whole Russell Westbrook, Kawhi, PG deal, like this was the whole reason why we started. And right after yeah. all of the NBA madness started happening last summer, it was like, I'm tired of writing. I want to just talk about this and be able to like get it all out there without spending nine hours going crazy, writing a bunch of articles and proofreading. And we just kind of jumped into it. And my favorite part right after we started, we knew a Russell Westbrook trade was coming. We all predicted it. And I'm all of a sudden I'm driving in San Diego, working some event with this internship and my phone just starts blowing up like crazy. Like I knew it had to have been the Westbrook trade and I probably gotten about 17 different wrecks finally get out to this event and I keep running out to my car so I can hop in to record on my phone with headphones to get different guests on our podcast to talk about it. And yeah. that was by Shout far my favorite Jack moment. Hale. Yes, sir. That was a great episode. It was one of our first ones and still one of our best to this day. <laughs> Easily just, one of, maybe our best, honestly. The fact that I'm like running a kickball tournament and stepping out like, hang on guys, give me 10 minutes and running in my car, throwing the headphones into my phone. I mean, my coworkers must have all thought I was an idiot or just an absolute sports junkie, but they're not wrong. Hey, yeah. Shout out Jack Hale for taking a call outside of Kane's ballroom and giving us a candid reaction. That was awesome stuff. Um, Very cool. Even cooler that he ended up meeting Westbrook that night and having yeah. drinks with him and hanging out with him, whatever it was. That was crazy. Having a Bud Light or whatever on the little patio yeah. area. Hitting a little shimmy on the dance floor with him. <laughs> the campaign handshake. Oh, did he yeah. stay did that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he dapped him up, he said. Can't do that now can't do that now no that was great i would say one of my favorite parts was how we would record at like 9 30 10 o'clock go till 11 and i would chop it up and i wouldn't be done till 12 31 and then we would immediately publish it sometimes it would be even like two in the morning and i would and just be, sit there and go listen to the full thing yeah, yeah, before yeah. going to bed just constantly like pulling my feed yep. down to try and get it to upload to apple and, and then be like oh my like this is so yeah cool. it felt so cool once we were actually like legit doing it i would send people texts at like three in the morning just like send the newest pod like oh my god you gotta listen to this let me know what you think blah, 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 blah. they probably <laughs> thought i was just on crack or something probably but hey i was excited it was fun okay so what is your best take and then i'll give you mine I'm probably going to say my best take here. I wanted to say it was Kawhi to the Clippers, but I, I don't know if I ever got that on the record because that was, that. oh, I was screaming it from the rooftops and all the idiot Lakers fans in San Diego were driving me crazy because 4th of July was one big coronation of Kawhi to the Lakers and then it never even happened. But we'll keep that as my honorable mention because I don't think I got it on the record. It was before we started recording, but I'm going to go with, the Titans beating the Ravens. I was never big on the Ravens okay. in the playoffs, and I was shouting it from the rooftops. Ryan Tannehill and King Henry were going to upset them, and I was shocked it actually happened. But it did. Uh, you I mean, were I, like, I was. It happened. I mean, it was a hot take, and like I thought it was going to happen. But realistically, did I think the Ravens would win? Like, yeah, no. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I put it on the record. I yeah. put money on the Titans. I thought it was going to happen, but like. Was I really sure the Titans would win? No. I mean, it's it was an upset. They were a huge underdog. All right. I would say mine were being all over Cooper Cup and all over Lamar Jackson. Cooper Cup was one that came to mind also. 
Lamar, too. I remember saying on this podcast, his floor will be 16 points per outing. He's going to be top 10. I said he will be a top eight quarterback at least. I took him in the 8th and 10th and 11th round, I think, in my leagues. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That was a great one. And I know you were big on Cooper Cup, and I think that's part of the reason I was so big on him too. But I remember one episode we did, I called Cooper Cup finishing as a top five receiver. And we were both just screaming the whole year, hammer Cooper Cup, this guy is going to be incredible. And he was. Yeah, he had the same amount of touchdowns as Robert Woods and more than Cooks eight games through the season before he tore his ACL. So the writing was on the wall. My worst yep. take was Joel Embiid for MVP this season. Oh, I was trying to be a, I was trying to be a little different. I mean, they brought in Horford. That's your KU boy. They did a few things here and there. They they were a bounce away last season from going to Eastern Conference Finals. I was trying to be trendy. That did not work. I mean, out hey, at all. You throw some out there, sometimes you come up empty. It's how it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This one is worse than that because at least Embiid is like competitive and plays and not miserable to watch. Unlike the Cleveland Browns, who I said last year would make the playoffs and potentially make a playoff run at the Super Bowl. Didn't say they make the Super Bowl, but I said, don't count them out. They're going to they're gonna be in the picture toward the end of the season. And uh, they were not in the picture <laughs> at all. But hey, there's always next year. Not making that pick. This year, again, though, just putting that on the record. I'm off the Cleveland Browns a little bit. You weren't the only one on them. That is fair. That is fair. With it being the one-year anniversary, we kind of figured time to unveil something new, try something a little different than what we've been doing, and we just recorded it. I think it went pretty well. I've got some chopping up to do in the lab tonight, but we're going to be doing some videos where essentially we throw a bunch of topics that we want to talk about on a wheel. We spin the wheel, whatever it lands on, we talk about it, and we're recording ourselves FaceTiming doing it and we're going to tweet out a couple different videos and then also put the videos on YouTube probably have one long one with all of them and then at the end we've also yeah IGTV everywhere we're going to be putting this all over the place and at the end we finish with all of the topics that the wheel didn't land on and we throw those into a hot minute and hit them really quick to finish it off so nothing crazy long but it's got some video in there which we have not had in the past and we think it's going to be cool. We'll probably keep doing it if it, you know, turns out well and people like it. So Depending check it how out. How many people call us ugly on the internet? I took a shower before and I had <laughs> to tell Peter that I don't want people to know how ugly I really am. So yeah, hopefully we don't get roasted for how ugly we are and they like our sports takes. Faces made for radio. Is that what they say about people who are ugly? Yeah, he's got a face for radio. You never heard I, that? No, but I think people have said that to me before, so that makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's do it. AFC South preview. Yes, sir. I mean, we got the Colts, Titans, Texans, and Jags. We can run through the win totals. Colts are projected to win nine games. Titans, eight and a half. Texans, seven and a half. Jaguars, Lowest in the NFL at four and a half. Jackson, take it away. What are your rankings? My rankings are going to be different than yours. I know that for this division. Number one, I've got the Titans. Number two, I've got the Colts. Three, I've got the Texans. Four, I've got the Jacks. Is that what you have too? You were so big on the Colts. You were so big on the Colts and Phil Rivers. Man, I thought you were going to come in hot on the Colts. Okay, why do you like the Titans at number one? Let's start there. Okay. Why I like the Titans at one is because I've seen it. 
I know what I'm getting and right. they have a level of continuity that the Colts don't have. I'm high on the Colts and we'll get there. But I think what we saw down the stretch with Tanny Hill was no fluke. He went seven and three after taking over for the start or at the starting job. His numbers were pretty fantastic too. 70.3% completion rate in a 22 to six touchdown to interception ratio. So you're going to stop dogging my boy now? Your boy Tannehill? He's not my boy, but yeah, you, you've you been cold on my guy. You've been slandering <laughs> his numbers in the playoffs. And, oh, he only threw the ball 10 times or whatever. I mean, I did say that, but I just I look at it now, and I'm like, they clearly want to play for Mike Vrabel. The yeah, division Vrabel's is, a huge part of it, dude. Vrabel is a huge part of it. Yeah, and I was looking at Tannehill's full career, and going back to Miami, he never had a season where he won less than six games, and most of those he won seven or eight. And I'm just like, okay, if he did that with like Adam Gase and terrible Miami rosters, what right. can he do on a team that actually has talent on both sides of the ball and a coach that everybody wants to play for? Right, and I completely agree. Yeah, eight and a half wins. They won nine games last season. I don't... I mean, Vegas knows things that none of us do, but this seems like something that I think we have the edge on. I agree here, and I'm definitely taking the over on the Titans at eight and a half. And like you'd said, you know, they didn't do a ton this offseason, but they're pretty much bringing back the exact same team. I mean, they picked up Vic Beasley, and then yeah. they lost Conklin on the line. And that, that's really the only big changes. Sure, you lose Delaney Walker and Deion Lewis, but neither of them are really contributing to the no. offense at this point in their careers. And I just don't see anything that's going to keep them from winning nine games. I mean, Tannehill's only going to be better. He's going to have more time to work with his wide receivers, more time to have the playbook down like the back of his hand if he didn't already. And I really just think that in a season where continuity is going to be key, this Titans team is going to be just as good as last year. We saw it, like you were saying. I'm totally in on them just because I watched them beat arguably the best team in the NFL and the Ravens and King Henry. That's no fluke. Derrick Henry is going to be a monster again this year. So I'm with you. I'm on the Titans hundred percent. Yeah. And they did lose Conklin, but they replaced him with Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia in the first round. So that's just a little roster management there. And I totally agree. We saw them beat Kansas city in the regular season. They ended Tom Brady and Belichick's run together, and then they went in and beat Baltimore in Baltimore. So this team can get it done. They got a coach who will get them fired up, put the pads on with them. Heck yeah. Taking the over on the Titans. Okay, Colts coming in at nine wins from Vegas. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? I'm taking the under. Part of me wanted to stay away. But I'm not going to be boring, and I'm going to take the under really just because I don't trust Phillip Rivers. I'd said it last season, or going into last season, I think the guy is washed. I don't think he has anything left in the tank. I like Phil. He's grown on me a lot as a player and a person over the years watching him, and I think the Colts have some decent pieces on offense and defense and a decent coach in Frank Reich. But if you're taking the form of Phillip Rivers you got last year with the Chargers and you put him on this offense, there's just no way that this team wins more than eight games. And kind of like you were saying with the Titans, you've seen it, so you believe it. When I see Phillip Rivers out there with the Colts succeeding, then I'll believe it. Till then, I don't really. And just with how much money they gave him, 
it just doesn't sit right with me. This guy doesn't deserve 20 plus mil. And I think that kind of takes away from a little bit of what you can put around him. I know that's no Mahomes money or anything, but I just don't love what the Colts did here. I, it, Phillip Rivers just doesn't sit right with me. And that's really my whole reasoning here. Yeah, it's a one-year deal. It seems like it's a little bit of a bridge situation, but I'll take the counter and take the over and say that I think Philip Rivers is still an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. This team wants Couldn't disagree more. <laughs> Could okay. not disagree more. He's just two years removed from winning 12 games with the Chargers. He had a bad season last year. We've touched on this. Is because of the O-line. He through 20 interceptions that was tied for hey, second most in his career but now he's going to time he's going to the league's best offensive line quentin nelson hasn't allowed a sack in the last 30 games he's going to be protected unless this man is getting arm surgery to get a robotic arm that can fling it 80 yards down the field on him i don't see him being good enough to get it done i mean you can't watch him throw the ball and tell me he doesn't just throw ducks. I mean, he is literally out there playing a game of jackpot every time he drops back to throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field and just throws it up and says, 4,000, whoever wants it. It's just a bunch of 50-50 ducks. No, his yards per attempt numbers are about the same. I was taking a look at it earlier. But I think, yes, the pocket mobility stuff, that's a real question. I just think the line makes up for it. And whenever you have the pairing of Taylor and Marlon Mack pounding the rock, you got Naeem Hines in the backfield who's going to play that little Eckler-type role. Yeah, a little scat back Tariq Cohen. Yeah, he's got some weapons around him. And this team was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender with Andrew Luck. I mean, we're not far removed from that. They bring in DeForest Buckner on the defensive line. I think this team is really talented, and I like Frank Reich, too. I mean, we know what he's capable of. Yeah. Nine wins. I mean, I I don't hate their pieces. Like, I really do think they have a darn good team around Phil. I just got to see it to believe it. You know, after week one, I will have a much better idea how I feel on the Colts. But till then, I'm, I'm betting against him, if anything. I just, I think Phil's done. I think four or five games into the season, it very well could be Brissett back out there. All right. I just think they're going to be a really fun team to watch. There is no they way. They very well could be. I mean, I think Taylor's going to be good. You don't like him as much. I think Michael Pittman's going to be a solid rookie. From a fantasy perspective, I don't love Taylor. From just uh, at, like he's going to be a football perspective, yeah, he's going to be solid. I just think he's going to be splitting carries with Mac. And yeah, we saw what Taylor can do at Wisconsin in a tough conference. He's going to be good. I'm just you know, fantasy-wise, not sure he's going to be getting more than 10 to 12 carries a game. Yeah, the real X factor for the Colts is Rodrigo Blankenship. The goggles taking over for Adam Vinatieri, kicking the ball. Vinatieri lost his sparkle at the end of last season, and Rodrigo yeah. could win him a couple games. I was going to say, if you've got a better kicker out there last year, the Colts definitely come down with a couple more wins. But Enough on Phil and the Colts here. I don't think either of our opinions are going to change until we actually see him out there taking some snaps. So agree to disagree for now. Let's move on to the Texans at seven and a half wins. How are you playing this? Okay. I don't know what you have. I'm taking the over. I think all the money is going to be on the Texans under. Well, maybe not the you, money. You but taking the you taking the over on every single team here? Watch out. Just wait. Just wait on it. Okay. All everyone, the whole public is going to be on the under on the Texans. They're going to say DeAndre Hopkins is gone. 
Now Bill I'm going to discount them three wins. Well, hey, Bill O'Brien, as bad as he is as a GM, he's a pretty good coach. In his six seasons in Houston, they have won nine games, nine plus games, five times. Only season they didn't was when Deshaun Watson tore his ACL. So that's a good stat. Seven and a half wins with an awesome quarterback who can make plays. Well, he's he's only 86 overall on Madden, so he's yeah. clearly not that good. I'm saying there's just no way they don't win at least eight games. They've gone to the playoffs what seems like every year besides the ACL season. So I'm going to, like like you are on the Colts, you need to see it to believe it. I need to see Deshaun Watson suck it up for me not to believe it. So I'm taking the over on seven and a half wins. That's fair. And seven and a half is pretty low. I'm staying away just because of that. I can't make myself take the under here. But at the same time, I can't make myself take the over just because I don't trust Bill O'Brien. And sure, he's a much better coach than he is GM. But there's just no telling what's going to happen with this team. And the line still isn't very good. I still really don't like the defense very much. And I just don't see any playmakers on this team outside of Deshaun Watson that are going to make me think, holy cow, this is a really competitive team, or this is a borderline playoff team. And I also think that this division's a little bit tougher than it has been the last five years. I mean, the Titans are going to be really good. The Colts should be solid, you know, 500 or better. And everyone is just dumping on the Jags, but the Jags are going to win a few games. I mean, they could get one or two wins in this division. We'll get there next. But I, I just... I don't like anything with the Texans here. I'm staying away just because I have no idea how this is going to turn out. And I know Watson's still going to be good and he's still going to be making plays, but I just, the receiver group is pitiful too. I, I'm not sure how that's going to work out because all of them are about 5'10 speedy guys that have the exact same skill set. So I, the Texans are just ugh, to me right now. They just, them and the Colts don't really, don't really sit too great with me. So I'm, I'm definitely not taking the over here. I'm just staying away. I agree with you about the playmakers. Hopefully we can see JJ Watt healthy for a full season. That would be big. Only played eight games last year. And then, yeah, they don't have that big play receiver now, but they still have Will Fuller. They bring in Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. They got a little I bit. I mean, yeah, those three are all good for four games. Like, if you combine <laughs> how many games are going to play total, you might get close to 16 between the three of them. Yeah, maybe Bill O'Brien needs to hire a new training staff just to keep these guys healthy because Houston has a lot of issues in that department. But Yeah, and they're bringing in guys who are already banged up. So who, I David Johnson? have a history of being banged up. Well, David Johnson, you're also bringing in Randall Cobb, who the last couple of years has been pretty banged up, and then Cooks. Cooks can't play more than eight games. It never happens. Yeah, we'll see. I just I need to be proven wrong. I'm not going to bet against Deshaun Watson. That's fair. And I kind of feel that way about a lot of the division. Not I'm not going to bet against them, but let's wait and see how it plays out. I mean, I really don't love any of these overs or unders, to be completely honest. I kind of want to just stay away from all of them, except the very last one here. I like this very last one a lot. <laughs> okay. Where are you on the Jags? You go ahead and take it away first, because the Jags are sitting at four and a half wins call I mean, me crazy if you I'm say under, under I'm standing four up and, and a half wins i'm taking my headphones off i'm done <laughs> i don't why how i did what i don't buy the tanking thing in football 
but they're going to suck, dude. They lost Calais Campbell. They lost Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. What are they doing? They're just getting rid of all their best players. They can't trade in Gakwe or or Fournette. Like, this franchise is just completely incompetent. Everyone thinks they're going to tank for Lawrence, tank for Trevor, whatever. I just don't see it. I like Minshew, nothing against him, but they're not a winning team. It's it's that simple. They're not a winning team, but they're going to win more than four and a half. I can tell you that. I mean, Gardner Minshew last season, six and six as a starter. That's not that bad. The guy threw 21 touchdowns and six interceptions. I mean, it's not like he was putting up fluke numbers in a super small sample size over two or three games like Drew Locke, per se. I mean, we really got to see two-thirds of the season with him, and this guy was solid. And sure, you lose a little bit on defense, but that defense was abysmal. I mean, the second half of the season, they were pitiful. They had all kinds of locker room issues. There were guys that didn't want to be there, <clears throat> Jalen Ramsey, and to be honest, I think getting all those guys out of there might even make them better. I mean, think about what Miami did. They had those awful struggles at the beginning of last season, and they got a bunch of guys out of town that didn't want to be there, got the locker room straightened out, and started winning some games. And I think Minshew is competent enough that he can throw them back into a game if he needs to, and they're going to be close in enough games that they get at least five wins. I really do like the over here. They still got issues. And Gakwe is 100%. tweeting at the owner's son, Fournette. He doesn't even like football, for all we know. Yeah, get them both. They could not play at all. You can get nothing back for them, and I'm still taking the over. Okay. The C.J. Henderson and the Kalevon Chason picks, I kind of like those, but what I hear about Henderson is that he doesn't like to tackle. That's going to be an issue when you're going up against Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry four games this season. That's all right. You get him beefed up a little bit, get some toughness in him, he'll be all right. (laughs) Okay. I'm staying away from this one. That's fair. I I do question the coaching a little bit, but it is what it is. I think four and a half wins is not a lot. Yeah, I think Doug Marone might be out of town pretty quick into the season. But I got faith in Minshew. I mean, that's my guy. I dressed up as him for Halloween. I'll still rock the jersey every once in a while. I was wearing it on the 4th of July because I'll tell you what, what's more American than Gardner Minshew? Not very much. Not a lot. We believe in Gardner, baby. Fireworks all year, without a doubt. All right. Any other final thoughts on the AFC South here? No, I think it's going to be competitive at the top, and we'll see who pokes their head out and says, I'm the victor. Yeah, I'm not in love with this division, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out because there's some interesting storylines between Philip Rivers and King Henry and Deshaun Watson and Gardner Minshew. So we will see what happens with the AFC South. All right, Peter, anything else before we go here? Yeah, a couple things I want to hit before we leave. Chris Jones signing in Kansas City. I thought he was a goner. Me too. The Brett the Brett Veach love is unprecedented in this city. Between the Mahomes deal and getting Chris Jones back, I feel like I'm in Oklahoma City or Tulsa hearing about Impresti we trust. Well, in Kansas City, it's in Veach we trust. Chris Jones asked for twenty million a season. And they convinced him to take 15 mil a year guaranteed. 
I don't even know where the money came from because they had seven dollars in their salary cap at the end of the season. Yeah, I was Sammy wondering Watkins, where the money came from. And they too. keep their two best players. Like, how does this happen? I don't know, but if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm happy. I will tell you that because they're literally running it back. Freaking identical team. Yeah, and I heard this thing the other day that interior linemen are uh, 15 to 20% cheaper than defensive ends. And so whenever you can get a guy like Chris Jones and you can pay him the money, then you can kind of expend those picks on edge rushers or get those free agent veteran guys to come in on a cheaper deal, kind of like what the Patriots do. So I think it's kind of an interesting perspective to see if they do anything else like they did with Frank Clark going forward, or if they kind of, you know, push their chips in on the interior line here, I'm just intrigued by it from like that type perspective, but this is big. Regardless, pencil the chiefs in for super bowl, super bowl runs the next four years. (laughs) There's just no, there's no way they're not winning at least 11 or 12 games every single season. As long as stone cold is coming up the middle. Yes. (laughs) I also wanted to touch on, some of the negativity around the bubble. Ooh, okay. I don't like that. Have you been hearing all these media heads saying, oh, it's such a bad idea. It's not going to work. Just wait till there's an outbreak. Yeah, I've just been tuning it out because I think the NBA is doing a damn good job and I don't want to hear any of the negativity. I think that's also partially because I'm in complete denial that the season has a chance of even not happening, but it's going to happen, man. Like they're doing a good job. Rashawn Holmes got quarantined for picking up Postmates. Like you really think they're not taking this serious and it's not going to work? I think it's totally going to work. I'm just sick and tired of all these people and maybe you need to teach me how to tune things out better. But I think I've just started, well, I mean, this is really what I've done. I've muted everyone on Twitter. If I see some negative Nancy BS, not even necessarily about the bubble, just sports in general, if I see something or some guy like just... Is there anyone notable I, that you've muted? I could pull up my list Play of people I've got muted, I, but it's... I had to unfollow Yeah, he's him. he's been muted a long time, but... I've probably got at least a thousand people muted and it really has cleansed my TL. And I think that's how I've tuned it out. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to start doing it, but I just so annoyed with people saying this whenever I see the premier league working just fine across the world. These guys are going to each other's stadiums and playing. None of the big players are sitting out at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. If everyone in this bubble is negative, they should be able to go play basketball without infecting each other. Right. And people are saying like, oh, well, Westbrook's not traveling. Harden's not traveling. So-and-so from this team and that team. Look how many cases there are. It's never going to work. Well, I'll tell you this. If they've caught all of them already and are keeping them quarantined before they can travel, they're one step ahead. They're not going to have to deal with five days in. Oh, my gosh, Westbrook, he's positive. How do we not know this? They are so far ahead of that that they're doing a great job and they're going to have everyone Good to go, 100% not infected by the time the season starts. So I just don't see any way that it doesn't happen and think that, sure, some stuff's gone on. There's been some rumors. People have used the little snitch hotline, but I think everything's going what according to plan. there's an outbreak? Well, there's going to be an outbreak. It can all unravel real fast. 
unless somebody just pumps the virus into the vents yeah. in the stadium, like it's not going to happen. I mean, like you were saying, the Premier League's done a good job. And even the PGA Tour, they've been traveling tournament to tournament. They've done a great job. They've had a couple players test positive or a caddy test positive, pull out of the tournament, quarantine. You're good to go in a week or two. And that's not even going to happen with the NBA because nobody should test positive. So if all these other leagues have it figured out and the NBA has a legit bubble going on, why would they not figure it out too? Enough of the negativity. We are get going out of here, to people. Larry OB held up by somebody. By Kawhi Leonard. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That's all I had. We can get out of here. All right. Let's do it. Peace.